so we've we feel like we've gotten into the habit of playing games like every week and i i couldn't let the fun stop so i made a new game this game is called name that riff dum, dum, dum. i i saw a tim heidecker like sketch that was like this except he was like name the bass riff with somebody who like kind of played bass but the joke was he picked bass riffs that were just one note like so i'm basically doing that to you but um with real riffs these riffs have all been hand chosen by me as i think instantly recognizable and we're going to put that to the test i'm going to give you approximately a second of a very famous riff don't get me wrong i think these i think you guys will actually do this and it's going to come down more to speed okay so if you know what it is say your name and we'll we'll play by those rules right. we'll do a shoot well if it's coming down to speed let me take some performance enhancing drugs <laughs> speed is drinking not a beer that's not gonna help that's a downer <clears throat> all right let's go isn't, tequila is the only alcoholic upper yeah. fun fact right tequila red bull and you will be actually Woo! uh doing well so fun fact all right let's try this i'm i'm hoping this works you ready yeah did you hear it i mean <laughs> it was like a chord <laughs> Is a chord okay. riff? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll give you slightly more than that. Oh, uh, there we go. Okay, yeah. Uh, that is. Uh, you gotta say Jared. Yeah, Jared Easy. says it's the Stooges, and it's I want to be your dog. That's correct. Nice. I am gonna lose this. So I don't even know what that is. All right. Here's your next one. There. I'll give I'll give I'll give Jack a uh, ten second head start. On yeah, this. I know that. I... <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I know. I know this damn song. I don't know what it's freaking called. <laughs> All right. Well, it's Smashing Pumpkins, and honestly, uh. I can't remember the name of the song. Uh, 19, like like, uh, no, 19 something. Yeah. Nope, zero points awarded. It's Jared Brock. <laughs> the one on Guitar Hero. I should have known that. That was our yeah. Guitar Hero. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. All right. If you, if this one should be fair, this one should be fair. <laughs> Still don't know what the name is. I know the song. Don't know what it's the name is. Funny thing is, Jake and I sort of bonded over this because, like, sort of. <laughs> the funny story with this is, like, uh, we met and we were, like, talking about playing music and stuff and came up, like, Modest Mouse and Float On. And I was like, that song's so good and it's so easy. We should cover it. And Jake was like, yeah, I like Modest Mouse, but, like, that song kind of blows. It's overrated. <laughs> I, mean, I was just like, well, fine, I had to prove okay. I had to prove that I really like Modest Mouse. Right? I like that song, but I also like a lot of other songs. <clears throat> All right, I promise. Uh, okay, we're gonna let's go. Come on, we got some more. I I promise this is gonna work out for you, Jack. Yes, Jack. 
Walk the line, Johnny Cash. Nice. There it is. I know there that one. There we go. There we go. Isn't it? That's okay. super impressive that like Johnny Cash has that like so because I mean that's like a walking baseline up to the root and then just like the root you know root fifth bounce but like it's so recognizable. Props Absolutely. to Johnny Cash. Shout out. Keep yeah, shout out. Retweet us. Re- yeah. re- follow, follow us back, follow, Johnny C. Let's go. Back. <laughs> That's right. not a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't talk like that. Jack. Oh. <laughs> okay, here we go. He's um, coming back. It's Blink-182. All the small things. Okay. Oh. Nice. I thought yeah. we were going to find out that you just don't know the words to songs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna stop giving Jack head starts now. I'm just gonna. Yeah, there we go. Oh, that was we've... not a head start. My <laughs> no. Ah, uh, yeah. Now we're now we're talking. All right, you ready for What's this? What's the score? Are we two two right now? It's two two. Because I'm not giving Cherub Rock to Jared because he said the Smashing Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go. Jared knows that that song is. Uh, new. I uh, know it's lit, and the song is. Oh no! I know this oh, one. No. Jack. Jack knows this. Lit Jack, by Jack with the steel. Yep, that's correct. Jack takes the lead. Uh, I'm so bad with names. Uh. <laughs> but it was it was lit, right? Yes. It was lit. I have I have that song. I have that album on vinyl. I got it from Urban Outfitters for ninety nine cents. Fun wow, fact. Steel. So lit. They live in Nashville, and they're, I think, their lead singer and can't remember if it's guitar player or bass player. They uh, do a whole bunch of country rights and have some country hits as, like, songwriters. Oh, that's cool. Good yeah. for them. Yeah. Making that money. Get that money. Oh, okay. Well, Jared knows that's the Beatles, but I don't know what song Jared, it is. Jared doesn't know that's the Beatles. <laughs> Uh, is it off of uh, is it off of um, Revolver? No, no. Is it off of the White Album? Rubber Soul. No. Rubber Soul. No. Help. It's not on any album. <laughs> it's not albums. Uh, well, Pennyback Rider. It's a number one Rider. though. Pennyback Rider. It's Paperback Rider. Pennyback. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Paperback. <laughs> Oh my God! This is not this is not going well. This is going off the rails. No, no this is going we're great. We're doing great. We're doing great. Keep I know. Going. I'm just saying. Okay, it's three two, Jack. Uh, <laughs> can you uh, give us some like do a leap? Wait, no, I don't get points for that. I knew it. Oh yeah, you did get Wait, points. Wait, you for said that. the wrong song title, my I friend. Said, uh, I was like three letters the, off. <laughs> he was he was pretty in the give ballpark. Give me give me three quarters of a point for that, please. I I'll get okay. So it's three to two and three quarters. <laughs> this next one is worth one point, <laughs> and it's a first to four. Wait, so what? good luck with that. First to four. Oh, first. I see. First the whole to thing. four points, and you have two and three quarters. Oh. You could have just said this oh. is the tiebreaker. That would have been a little easier for our audience to understand, Jacob. No, I'm saying it's not a tiebreaker. You still have to get two. Yeah, you got to get two. I got to get one. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 
Well, now everyone knows I can't math. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens on the next one. I might take, I might take a little uh, pity on you. We'll see. I feel like, that's a, I feel like points. that's a hint. Are you ready? Yes. No. <laughs> Jared knows that song is Led Zeppelin's. <laughs> you are wow Damn it! <laughs> get to the chorus. I'm trying to. Is it? Uh, get give me give me give me all your loving. There we go. No. No. no what? But, but I'll that... give you a quarter of a point <laughs> <laughs> for a whole lot of love. Oh, uh... <laughs> For all I know, Give Me All Your Lovin' is another Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> all right. Well, quarter right. of a point, I'll take it. That puts me it's, up to... It's, it's now tied three to three <laughs> in this very legitimate battle. This is definitely a pity actually, tie for me. I, I mean, I think Jared's getting the pity tie here because he hasn't... He didn't... There were two of them that you didn't get correct. You just said something similar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was so cocky. I get, I get yeah. handicapped for that. So, all right, I gotta pick. I gotta pick wisely for my last one. All right, you ready? We are ready. Oh, it's muted. <laughs> I hear nothing. <laughs> Attention. I was like, dang! I thought it. I thought it was right at the beginning. Oh, Jared knows it's. My name is Jonas by Weezer. <laughs> Eat it, Jack. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been another podcast. Let's uh, come back next week. Let's go to bed. All right. Bye. We're we're done. <laughs> yeah, we can just wrap this up. Yeah, Jared. I think it's your turn. Hey, welcome to the show. We're Bad Wall Paper. We've got a plan to create an album in one year by writing some music every week. We'll take our favorites, expand them into full songs, and then record our album at the end of a year. You can follow along on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please, if you're enjoying the show, subscribe and give us a review. Follow us on Twitter at bad underscore wallpaper and on Instagram at bad.wallpaper.band. Pretty good. You know, for a rookie, no notes. No notes. Have we ever considered how we're going to get crossover audience with people like searching wallpaper, like legitimately, like looking at wallpaper? I hope we get plenty of crossover for people looking at actual wallpaper. Who the heck puts up wallpaper still? Hip people. My wife. Like It's like an <laughs> accent wall deal, you know? You put one wall of wallpaper up. Oh, I see. I'm, I'm not with the times. I have straight up painted walls in here. Ask ask your wife. She'll know. We have accented walls with like paint. Like in yeah, our sure. family room, we have like all one color and then one like different color wall. All right. This is the most domesticated uh, <laughs> wife guy stuff we've talked about yet on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, walls. What are you what are you painting them? What color? What's your accent wall looking like? Tweet us. Bad underscore wallpaper. Tell us about those. Give us a comment on Instagram. <laughs> Tell us about your walls. <laughs> what is up, boys? 
All right. Also, an idea for how we're going to promote and monetize our channel. Okay. We right. need to we need to make a coffee subscription plan. So what is that? What? Well, so I just bought some NPR coffee the other day. Here's the deal: like you can literally the overhead on coffee is so low, and you just slap your logo on it and tell people it's single origin and the good stuff and. <laughs> They'll buy it right up because I did for NPR and like. I say we just straight up buy a couple tubs of Folgers and just pour it in a bag. <laughs> Maybe go to Kirkland, or go yeah. to Costco, get that Kirkland's best unground French roast, put it in little bags and say it's a single origin. $18 for 12 ounces. You're raking in the cash. But here's the deal. We'll put it in front of our amplifiers and play our sweet sweet music through it yeah that actually calms the coffee beans (laughs) (laughs) it won't make your tummy as upset we'll lull lull the the coffee beans to sleep oh my god okay jared tell me what you've been doing what are you doing with your life right now well other than buying uh i specifically bought the all songs considered coffee (laughs) um to but Bob Boyle and like rate that, them individually. Talk yeah, about his being. They have it for like every NPR show. So you can get your like Planet Money coffee. You can get your <laughs> All Things Considered coffee. If you have a like a dirty tone going through the amp while the coffee's sitting in front of it, will it taste more earthy? I'd have to say yes. Okay. Clear clearly. All right. Uh well, okay. So I also uh Watched a movie yesterday. It's pretty good. I love movies. It's pretty good. Uh, Saint Maud, Maud, Maud. Ooh, Maud. I I've heard of this movie. Have not seen it yet. A twenty four never fails. Pretty solid in everything that they offer. So you know, good going into that. It was kind of like advertised with like the same like hereditary, midsummer like kind of. Yes. I've seen a preview for this. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. It was actually like way less intense than those movies, but I still think pretty impactful. Yeah. Like I feel like a horror movie doesn't have to be in like that intense to be impactful. Yeah. Yeah. This was more like a psychological drama, but like it really hit for me because I mean, part of it is like this, this, the character really believes that like God is talking to them and it put me in the place of like, you know, 13 year old me, like, praying at the altar on Sunday and like, is God talking back to me? Like, <laughs> no. Should I feel guilty for kissing my girlfriend? And then you hear know. clearly, yes. And you go, no, that wasn't, that wasn't anything. That was the wind. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think it was good. I think it was a good movie. Check it out. Jake and I will both watch it. We'll review it next week. Yeah, special episode where we just talk about a movie that Jared likes. I mean, I, I gave it four out of five stars. Like, don't over. That's I'm not going to oversell it. Like, it's a solid B. Like, it's good. We yeah. should do a uh, in-depth scene by scene review of Midsummer. <laughs> sure, but we got it. We got to get our hands on that Apple TV exclusive director's cut. You know. Wait, that's the thing that exists. Yeah, for there's Midsummer? like a four. There's like a four-hour version. Oh boy, oh I'm watching gosh. that tomorrow. Yeah. 
I, I watched that it. movie on a plane, and that was a bad choice. Yeah, that's <laughs> that a- sounds like the worst place to watch that movie. Man, it would be even worse if you had like little kids sitting next to you, like a grandma, because there is some uh, quite a bit of nudity Ooh. in that movie. Yeah, and like grandmas especially are in danger in the world of Midsummer. It's true; they are indeed, and hereditary. Even like, oh, I will say, I also saw a film yesterday, Jared. Uh, we went and saw 2001 A Space Odyssey in 70 millimeter. Wow. Yeah, it was at our local theater and like humongous screen, just so loud. And it was both my first time and Leah's first time seeing 2001 A Space Odyssey. And it was, yeah, one of the greatest movies I've ever seen and probably about the best way you can see a movie like that. I just love, I love the, the Coolidge Corner Theater here in Boston. It's they do some of the coolest like uh, retro film showings. Yeah, uh, but the other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, which I think Jared, you've been watching this too. Uh, I think my like wholesome content. If I'm going for a show to like find find some joy in the world, I go to How to with John Wilson. Season two is just uh, wrapped up, I believe, and that is one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, produced by nathan fielder who made one of my other favorite shows of all time uh nathan for you uh but how to with john wilson i just i love everything about that show between like the funny cuts to with strangers on the street to all the fantastic uh like weirdos that he finds somewhere in new york you know like uh this season he he found like the guy who created bang energy by just going up to his house uh, just all sort so all all sorts of wacky stuff that he does in the world uh, that go places that you would never expect, and I, I think it's a masterpiece. Is a uh, is this a show that has the episode with the guy who uh, is trying to stretch his foreskin? Oh, you betcha! It's that same <laughs> yes. show. <laughs> oh yes, I've seen several episodes on a bus driving down a highway in the middle of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny to call it, like, uh, my, like, feel-good show, but I think it's, like, the most earnest show I've ever seen, you know? Like, you catch people at their best and at their worst, but, like, at their most earnest pretty much constantly throughout the run of the show. I mean, are we are we not going to mention that the, the foreskin tugger guy has his own, like, theme song? <laughs> I, f- I feel like he we was doing... Cover that. He was doing bad riffs before <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> it's like he was he was way ahead of his time. We will uh make a pact right now that at the first live show we ever play, if it happens, we will cover that song. <laughs> the uh so yeah, my anecdotal story about that show. I was getting my COVID vaccine and uh the like doctor was making small talk and he was just like, What shows are you watching right now? And I was like, Well, uh, I'm watching this show called How to with John Wilson. He's like, it's on HBO. Have you heard of it? And he was like, no. And he's like, what is it? And I was like, well, <laughs> kind of hard to explain. I said it was like Gonzo documentary because I don't know. It's just like it's like found footage collage together with contextualized by like a voiceover that like completely changes its meaning. I just love it because like it's like the fundamentals of just you know how 
uh, film with how you can cut between different things and apply it to different contexts. Like it's the most fundamental, like exploration of that, like, you know, of what film is capable of. And, but it's done with just, it's just so funny, but so like well-meaning in the first season when he goes to the MTV spring break <laughs> party. Oh my gosh. But then like finds this guy who's like, yeah, I mean, I'm just really trying to find my place like in life. <laughs> and like, yeah, like his best friend had, like just died. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> he was at the MTV beach bash, just trying to like let off some steam. <laughs> it's like, Oh, poor buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Very, I don't know. I, yeah. I love it. Jack. Yes. What are you up to? So, I guess, kind of, you know, to bring us down a little bit on a little sadder note, I am now almost three weeks without my dog. Um, Yes, it is very sad, and it's looking like it's going to be a bit longer till I get her, because we were supposed to go last weekend, had snow, didn't go to pick her up from my parents' house because they were watching her while we were out of town. Um, And then... This weekend, my dad has COVID, so I will oh. not be going to get her this weekend. So it's looking like I'm going to be driving down in the middle of the week next week to good old St. Louis to go pick her up, hopefully. <laughs> um, but my life feels very empty currently. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. yeah. So just life, life without some annoying little creature getting in your face 24 seven. I, I honestly can't even imagine. First off, she's not annoying. She's perfect in every way. But yes. <laughs> Do you call Daisy your fur baby? Uh, no, I call her my dog tur. Oh no! <laughs> oh no, it's worse. <laughs> and I call to my parents. I refer to her as their grand dog tur. Um, but yes, I am that person. Uh, but on a more positive note, I don't know if you guys have seen, but we're starting to get in that time of year. We're getting all the festival lineups kind of coming out. Yeah, I heard it was big, big deal that Bonnaroo beat Coachella to announcing their lineup, like, first time ever. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty huge. And then Coachella, the headliners got leaked by Billboard, I believe. I think it was, like, just not long. I think it was a day or maybe even less than 24 hours before Coachella released their lineup, but... I think the most interesting thing to me about the lineups this year is that typically in every year you see the same like kind of three or four headliners being featured at every festival. It's there's zero consistency with the headliners this year. Like it's different across the board everywhere. And I just am wondering what's going on. I think that's just kind of maybe trying to make, I think it's a smart move on the festival's part. Cause it's like kind of, you go to one festival, you besides, you know, some of the smaller acts and that kind of stuff and the outlier headliner here and there, like you're pretty much getting different people everywhere, which I guess smart on their part, trying to get people to go to more than just Bonnaroo or more than just Coachella or hangout or whatever. But it's like, it's drastically different headliners for everyone. Yeah. That's super interesting. I know we were talking before, like uh, there was that one year where like, outcast was that like every single yep they were doing you know music festival, festival. <clears throat> they like headlined every single festival for a whole year and like every lineup that came out you're like okay well one of the nights is going to be headlined by outcast <laughs> uh but yeah it's look super at that turnstile turnstile is a, a level a, a third row act Ooh. For coachella that's pretty that's pretty I mean, good shout good out to job, turnstile. turnstile 
love it <clears throat> but uh yeah i wonder if part of that's like the pandemic you know i wonder if that has some sort of like impact on like what what these tour schedules look like and like who is even like got the most hype because you know uh, some bands get hype via their live shows but a lot of bands aren't on tour right now there's just like so much weirdness going on very much so and it also might be that you know if stuff does start to shut back down again uh festivals will be the first to go other before like arena tours are going to start getting shut down just because of the amount of people that it draws in um so maybe it's these people not wanting to commit to routing everything around all these festivals instead that because most of the time these headliners they're the festivals are built in dates on a tour that there aren't like whether it's a big amphitheater tour or arena tour or whatever it is um so it might be part of that like i have no idea but it's just like i mean it's i mean just coachella and bonnaroo the headliners there's not a single headliner that's headlining both of them which yeah that's really interesting which is i mean coachella is definitely the more pop version of it's like the pop bonnery like the bonnery was more of like kind of in the indie scene a little bit but even with the headliners it's like i mean coachella is what it's like harry styles tool or not harry styles billy eilish and uh yee formerly known as kanye west um, <laughs> yeah that's his, <laughs> that's his new name he legally changed yeah. his name to yee it's gotta be yay right yeah. oh is it oh <laughs> damn it <laughs> Is I assume the chicks is the formerly known as the Dixie Chicks are going to Bonnaroo. That right? is correct, but it's like even the headliners for Bonnaroo. It's J Cole, J Cole, J Cole. Shoot, I cannot talk tonight. J Cole, <laughs> Tool, and Stevie Nicks. That rocks. Oh yeah. Can I, I, mean, can I ask who is Griffin? I no have idea. No idea. <laughs> the Thursday night of Bonnaroo is kind of like the more electronic night slash. Oh. The headliners aren't great because most people don't show up Thursday. Are either of us going to Bonnaroo or Coachella? No, I mean, I I realize like I'm too old to kind of play Bonnaroo. <laughs> I'm not I mean, Bonnaroo. I would love. I want to do uh, just a. I want to bring an old couch, set up a campground in Bonnaroo, and just like <laughs> drink beers. Yeah, exactly. There is uh, a run. There is a someday very good someday. chance that you will, if you're at Bonnaroo, you will see me there Sunday night. Oh wow! Uh, to go see my wife really wants to go. She Fleetwood Mac is one of her favorite bands ever, and she really wants to go see Stevie Nicks. And my wife is from the town where Bonnaroo is, and Bonnaroo does um, they get like the local, like parents of the high school soccer team, like stuff like that, to come, <laughs> and they can get a beer tent at Bonnaroo, and then they get a portion, like they run the beer tent, they sell it, like all that stuff. And then they get to keep a portion of all the money that's made. Um, and so, but with that, they get free wristbands. So like Chelsea and I went, uh, I guess the last time they had it. So I guess three years ago, we went and saw Eminem headlined. Um, but oh, they dang. get free wristbands and like, they'll just give them to whoever. So we went and saw Eminem and we saw Boney Verde in two <laughs> sets that night. Um, we saw a bunch of great bands that night, but. You saw yeah. Boney Verde, Boney Verde. We saw Bon Iver, Bon Iver. Wow. Incredible. Bon Iver and Bon Iver. <laughs> I still say Bon Iver, I think, more just because, like, I just... If you say Bon Iver in the wrong part of the town, you might get beat up. <laughs> you little hipster kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. 
So you guys been listening to any good jams? Jack, any any good jams? So uh, we were kind of talking about this a little bit before, but when I was thinking of what I was going to put for this week, I kind of realized I have not listened to really any music this week, I don't think. <gasps> I know. I know. It's not a good look for someone doing a music podcast. But, um, you know, it's just been a busy week kind of going between I'm switching jobs. So kind of this is my last week at one job when I also already started at the other job. So kind of juggling the two just been kind of stressful days. And in, in the car is really where I usually listen to music the most at work. Like I'll sometimes put it on the background or whatever, but it's just been a little too busy for that. I just like with phone calls and talking and all that. Every time I try to, I end up having to pause it and then I forget to start it again. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, just been, you know, doing some silent car rides, which is kind of strange that I didn't realize I wasn't listening to music this week until about, I don't know, an hour ago. But <laughs> yeah, that's just kind of where life is currently, I guess. We'll probably now make an effort to listen to some tomorrow, maybe on the commute to work. But, you know, yeah. Like, life can just get so busy and like music is you know, listening to music is basically a hobby that you have to like put time into and put research into you know it's like it's so easy for it to fall by the wayside and you kind of realize like sometimes you don't even miss it because you're so busy but also like, it's like man that was a crazy week <laughs> no like this week i didn't realize i missed it until like i said like an hour ago like i had right. no clue i was thinking i was like what did have i listened to this week and it's like oh crap i listened to nothing <laughs> what are you doing? Are you actually muted right now? I'm trying to I'm trying to catch up on my homework that I didn't do. What? I'm not sure what song specifically I want for my respiration, I realize. <laughs> <laughs> like Well, so here's the deal. I very, very like specifically knew what band I was being inspired by. Yeah. But then like when it just, you know, it just happened and it's like, I wasn't thinking of a specific song. So I'm not really sure which one is like fully representative of the, the riff I ended up writing. No, I totally, I totally get that. And well, I can talk about that for mine as well, but <laughs> get, we're, we're not there yet. It's not time. <laughs> so that I would just mute myself, listen to a few tracks, you know, <laughs> you were listening to music while Jack was <laughs> spilling his guts. Talking wow, about how that, hard of a work he's at, work week yeah. he's had. I mean, I wish I could rub your toes from here, pe- Jack. I people, wish I could just people, say like, it's going to be all right. You. I don't really pay attention to people that I know I can beat in a like riff, guess that riff contest. I just like. <laughs> 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 all right, fine, I'll go. Since Jared's too busy listening to music because he hasn't done, he hasn't finished his homework as we are recording. So I. I went back and was listening to some albums by, I'll say a, a band that I have not listened to enough, considering how influential they are to music that I like, and that band is Jimmy Eat World. Yes. I mean, obviously everyone knows the hits off Bleed American, but I I kind of realized like I hadn't gone back and listened to like many of their albums, like uh, Clarity, the album they put out right before Bleed American, is an incredible album. And like they talk, like I saw like online, like they talked about being inspired by like uh, Sunny Day Real Estate, and you can really see how they go from like kind of like a straightforward pop punk band to being like this like definitive generational like third wave emo band. 
Uh, and they put out, you know, a ton of really great albums and great songs outside of just the massive hits. Yeah, yeah. Ble- Bleed American was like definitely in my like LimeWire years. Like yeah. I pretty much stumbled upon them because they were like popular in LimeWire. Like it was just like I was downloading other songs and then it was like, here's here's this, you know, this stuff. And like I think I got the middle, but then it was like, I'm going to get other songs that are popular in LimeWire. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you, it's weird even just remembering that era of like, you know, you go in without any context and you don't even know if like people in, you know, small, like Southwest Missouri, like, do they even know this band? I don't know. There's like no scene for it, but it doesn't matter. Like, you're just like, that was like the effect of the internet, I guess, you know, it was just, yeah. That might here's, the middle might not is. have broken through to uh, Springfield, Missouri, had it not been for LimeWire. Yeah, yeah, and definitely like the rest of their stuff. Like, I stinking love that you put Jimmy World in there because Chelsea and I were just talking today about we have this venue. It's like I don't know, forty five minutes or so outside of Nashville, and it's called the Caverns, and it's literally in a cave. Like they, you Sweet. go underground to a cave, turn into a venue. Uh, and I guess Jimmy World and Dashboard Confessional are doing a co-headline tour. <laughs> and so they're doing two nights at the Caverns in uh, May or I don't remember where, but just got announced today. And we were just talking about going to get tickets wow. to go see them and just raging. Oh, that would be excellent. And and something I found out about Bleed American while I was, you know, listening to a bunch of their albums and reading up on their history a little bit. Uh, after Clarity, their second album they decided to get day jobs and self-finance their third record, which ended up being Bleed American. And so they were like working during the day to save up money and they were like jamming and like com- writing songs at night. And uh, the outcome of that was that DIY kind of effort was uh, Bleed American, which, you know, is one of the best albums of the 2000s, I think pretty safely. Oh, yeah. All right, Jared. Yeah, What's popping? Oh, sorry. I was listening to some other songs. Sorry. I was <laughs> I was uh, still trying to figure out what my respiration is. Okay. So here's the deal. Uh, I've been on a Dinosaur Jr. kick. Uh, Dinosaur Jr. is a really cool band. They're from the East Coast. and They're actually like from getting- Western Massachusetts. Nice. Ooh. Represent like, Boston band. Shout feel out. like I'm giving like an elementary school like show and tell presentation. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about like the presidents, but instead of they were Massis. they were originally called Dinosaur, and then there was another band called Dinosaur, so they had to change it. So they were Dinosaur Junior. Incredible. And um, their self-titled album was under <laughs> Dinosaur, also, wasn't it? <laughs> Probably. I don't actually know that <laughs> much going Ooh, back. Ooh, So, uh, I mean, here's the deal. If you want face-melting, three full-stack Marshall in-your-face guitar sound, this is the band you want to listen to. Uh, the guitarist and singer Jay Maskus, um is, I mean, st- well, for a lot of people, very influential guitarist. And this week, like... I paid a lot of attention to just how he like actually plays guitar, which I had done in the past, but not like 
at this kind of critical level. And what's super interesting is he has such such a distorted, crazy loud, like saturated sound, which you would think like would mean you wouldn't want to play like full open chords because it would just like <laughs> blur out. But that's what he does. And like he's able to tune his distortion and tone to a point where like it actually like there's clarity and uh and then there's the solos which are super like melodic uh they're not like i'm gonna shred for the sake of shredding they're like i'm gonna play like a different melody now on guitar and it's just really fun to like i don't know the thing i had to get over personally was like his voice like you know it's not like a traditional voice at all like and but he uses it really effectively and like it honestly gives me a lot of confidence just as like you don't have to be a traditional traditionally good singer to like be able to make your art with you know what you want to say with your voice and with your guitar and like it's more about the whole package coming together and uh the final story is, that I wanted to say was <laughs> uh in college I really that's where I really discovered Dinosaur Jr. Thank you to the uh S and T college radio station, K M N R. No. Was that oh, I it? thought I was getting a shout out on this, but I do love K M N R. Yeah, no, it was K M N R. M N M N M N M K M N R. Uh so yeah, we went to an engineering school in the middle of like rural Missouri. So uh first of all, you get like engineering nerds. <laughs> who are the, you know, potential people to run a radio station. And, uh, and then you're in rural Missouri. So you have exactly like no audience really outside of the college. Uh, but yeah, that's where I heard like, so this, this, the album bet on sky came out while I was in uh college and they played it quite a bit on the radio or at least like one show did. And I was just like, this is amazing. Like, I don't know. I just loved it. And uh, that was really, really connecting me to like their back catalog. And I was like, oh, I was kind of tangentially aware to it, but it's really, really good stuff. Uh, And probably one of my favorite bands. And I've tried to see them live like several times, but I finally have tickets to see them this February in Seattle. Let's go. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. I. I got into them in high school. My buddy Baron hooked me up with some albums, you know, like Without a Sound, uh, Where You Been, uh, what's the one with little furry things on it? Uh, You're Living All Over Me. No, Bugs a good album too, though. Uh, but I, I started getting into them like around when they got back together, you know, like 2009, yeah. 2010. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that back catalog was so influential to me too. And I, I caught them at like a smallish club in St. Louis a couple of years ago. And yeah, the guitar just absolutely like it like cartoonishly knocks you out of your shoes uh, with just crazy guitar solos. And I, I saw a video. I think he was doing like one of those noisy interviews with uh, what's his name from Super Bowls. <laughs> yep. Uh, you I got this. Matt Sweeney. Matt Sweeney. Matt's, oh, you got it. Yeah. He was doing an interview with Matt Sweeney and he was like, yeah, I don't know. We were just hanging out in like the hardcore scene in Western Massachusetts. And we decided <laughs> like, it'd be fun if we played some like heavy country music. And that like gave me a new look on the older Dinosaur Jr. sound, you know, like some of his voice chops too, you know, it's almost like 
I, I think on uh, one of the songs on Where You Been, he goes like, uh, he's like, I'd like to see you. You know, he does like all these like oh, fun. Oh, it's so interesting. Yeah. Like when you look at it as like a country hardcore band or something like that, like similar to Wilco, you know, Wilco was like hard, like hardcore influenced country alt rock. And like, I never thought of them in the same vein, but after seeing that interview with Jay Massis, I was like, oh man, I really do see it. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. Speaking uh, of, uh, Wilco, um, have you all <laughs> seen, uh, or picked up Nick Offerman's new book? Mm-mm. called where the deer and the antelope play it is all about uh kind of nature and it's nick gofferman who i don't know if y'all know big actor was ron swanson <laughs> in parks y'all know ron swanson i mean it's the whole reason i have a mustache ron swanson is the reason jackie stash was born <laughs> um but it's uh nick offerman goes jeff tweedy goes and some writer i wasn't familiar with him but they go to a bunch of national parks and it's kind of nick offerman like kind of talking about what they saw and all that and it's just really good book i got it for my birthday i'm only like i don't know less than 100 pages in but pick it up if you like some wilco and uh give it a read love it uh but readings for losers i'm gonna keep spinning records till the day i die no reading aloud. Hell yeah, brother. All right, guys. I think <laughs> I picked the I I think I finally picked my respiration song. All right. It's I think it's respiration time. It's time to do the respirations and then it's time to share our riffs. Uh so I'll start this week. Uh again, it's been like a month since we did one of these with new riffs, so I'm excited to get back at it. But I don't remember who went last. Uh and I don't care. I'm going first this time. Uh so this was kind of a weird week for me. I my respiration really inspired me lyrically and melody wise, and then that led to guitar chords, and then that led to like electric guitar. So really, like I started with lyrics and ended with guitar, which is pretty much backwards from how I usually do things. Uh, and I was really inspired specifically by the National. Uh, Matt Berninger is like to a T like the same range as me and I think ever since I learned about the national started listening to the national I've been like obsessed with their songs and their lyrics and you know I think I've really immersed myself in the world of the national uh and so they were my big respiration this week but I had to pick a song I was like oh man I gotta pick a song uh a song I picked was uh for both lyrical reasons and uh kind of song reasons because I picked secret meeting off their album alligator uh is that the uh name of the new national treasure movie yes secret meeting is national treasure three featuring nicholas cage and matt berninger but yeah i think this song is like it gets into like the brain of somebody you know i'll explain more after i actually share my riff but basically i love the the very intensely personal lyrics of the national and I love how driving a lot of their songs are from like a drums perspective. So I chose Secret Meeting because I think it embodied kind of those two things that inspired me from the national. So <clears throat> I love like that. I mean, I always think about this with older bands and it's hard because like I wasn't around. I wasn't listening to them when this came out. 
But to me, it just sounds like they were just doing their own thing, you know? Like, they were like, this sounds good to me, and we're going to do it. And now, like, you know, 12, 13 years later, they're, like, playing the backing band for, like, Taylor Swift, you know? And it's, like, it's the cultural, like, thing that they're doing the same thing they always did. And it, it just gives so much confidence to, like, you can just do what sounds good for you. And that's fine, you know? And... Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I feel that I just feel like they were doing what they thought sounded good and it does sound good, but it's like, if you were worried about, I need to find an audience for this, I don't know what the audience is, but it's that just concept of surely there are other people out there like me who like this. But yeah, I definitely agree with Jared. Uh, I love the national. I saw, I've seen them. Uh, we have a festival, near where I live called Live on the Green and they've played that a couple times. I've seen them there. Uh, and I agree with the whole uh, trying to do what, making the music that you want to make and not worried about who does this appeal to and I absolutely love that. Yeah, and, and like, I think you don't see too many like bass, baritone type voices in popular music. No, not at all. And so like my whole life I've been like, Oh, I can't sing like most pop singers or anything, but I love like the fact that they just kind of did what made sense to them. And, you know, Matt Berninger's vocals is like what makes the national the national. It's not just like they're working around it. It's like the centerpiece. Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. So, yeah, it was a weird week for me because I was very vocal focused. So I guess we're going to I'm putting myself out there. Uh, This is all based around my lyrics and my melody so i sang on this track oh yes let's Ooh. go first so track let's... we've had with live, or with vocals on the track i think right yeah i mean it's not i think riff. So. it's just a song now it's just a song Jeez. now it's a riff it's a vocal riff in some capacity <laughs> it's a vocal riff with the guitar riff with drums with you know whatever else you yeah. put in there
Dude. First off, the drum tones that you chose were perfectly <laughs> fitting for that song. Yeah, I think the the drum tone specifically, I was very focused on like the driving, like the four on the floor kind of driving sound. Yeah. So I, I found a couple samples online that I liked better. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think like I tried to capture that driving feel without really capturing any other drum character, but I think it helped kind of chug the song along. Yeah, no, I mean that kick and that snare tone, like for being like a sampled tone and like all that, like sound, it just sounded perfect for the song. Um, But I definitely saw why you chose the national as your respiration. <laughs> um, makes million percent sense to me. Um, but I love it. I think it's really cool how we have um, kind of our first song with lyrics on it as well. Um, I think that it's a good first one to have. I think it sounded great. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited. I think that if that's what we end up choosing at the end of uh, January for our uh, riff of the month, I think we could definitely expound on that and make it insanely cool. Not that it isn't cool, because it is cool. No, we need some jack drums on there. I <laughs> I really want some. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I mean the whole point of this is it's a riff. You know, it's a it's a demo, like it's an iPhone recording. But I mean, for our for our sake, we're doing a little more for that. But like, it has room to grow at the end of the day, and that's everything we do has that in mind. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And so the elements then that you look at of like, is this worth developing? I really liked the me- the melody, like the vocal melody, and I really liked what you did. Just the concept of overdubbing your own vo- voice with like a low part and a higher part. Mm-hmm. I think that works really well, like how they like play off of each other and it gives you like different things to like just kind of think about like as you're listening. Um I need to listen. I, I want to listen to it again a couple times, like just for like the like prog- like chord progression, you know, like yeah. uh, the guitar solo, like start off strong. I will say it got maybe a little like, you know, redundant. Oh yeah, for sure. At the end of the, <laughs> at the end of the day, I was just killing time. <laughs> yeah. Which is super fun. And I love doing that too. There's like a draw to like, I could take that in a really ambient direction or you could like reinterpret it as like a noise, like, shoegazy thing and that could be really cool mm. you know <laughs> but the national like inspiration definitely like it's like sparse like I like it a lot all right jared your time to riff it's riff it up turn. all right i present to you a song that i've been thinking about for a long long time <laughs> not just since we started this call no uh <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dinosaur Jr. off of Bed on Sky. I think this was the first song I heard from this album that really turned me on to uh, Dinosaur Jr. And I'm pretty sure it was thanks to KMNR Rolla. All right. A little bit of that Western Massachusetts hardcore country coming at you. Thanks to KMNR. Jake. <laughs> Shout out. I feel bad picking that as a song because, like, it's so good, and my song is going to be so not good compared to that. But 
Uh, <laughs> it's hard, man. Yeah, it's like, oh, here's one of my favorite songs of all time that inspired my stupid little demo. Yeah. The other, the other thing, <laughs> my, I don't even know if I my should. My little stupid recording of my stupid yeah. little guitar. I mean, this is such a nerdy part of like the process, but like, I literally bought a guitar pedal that is used by Jay Mascus, uh, <laughs> and let that kind of be my inspiration, you know? And like you plug it in you're like, wow, I sound like Jay Mascus. I'm going to play some dinosaur <laughs> junior. <laughs> um, and I mean, comparing it to other, like with the different pedals and different effects and like sounds I found, like just comparing it A to B, I'm like, wow, I like this better than those other ones. Like this sounds objectively better in some ways. And I don't know. It, it It's sad because it's like, I don't want to be derivative, but it just sounds good. And it's like, well, I'm really glad I found this because it sounds good. Yeah. Anyways. I mean, I think this whole podcast is all about being a little derivative. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe accepting that. It's the name of my memoir. <laughs> all right, here's my track. That pedal sounds so good. I I didn't even realize, like, you told me about the pedal. I didn't realize that that was probably why Dinosaur Jr. was your inspiration this week. <laughs> but, dude, that pedal sounds so good. I love, like, those... Like, yes. the, the really, like, chuggy guitar tone. I think, like, it's really clipped out, and it's, like, really distorted. Uh, but it's still crisp. And I think it sounds... I love those those sounds and then the little the little uh guitar solo you pulled at the end was very dinosaur junior and i love yes that's how i was i was like i was perfect i mean i was going for that but also like that's just kind of what i do so like it kind of like works but (laughs) i mean i was trying to channel as much as i can like jay masses and it's because that's what he does he's like here's like it's not fast it's not like you know, crazy, crazy riff that like you want to melt faces with, but it, it's more about that searing tone and like bends that like maybe don't quite make sense, but like, uh, 
at least that's how I pick up on what, what he's doing. And, it, but it's melodic at the end of the day. And yeah, I mean, it was like a one take champ, you know, it was like, don't put, don't overthink yeah. it, just do it. And so that means a lot that you said that. I really appreciate that, Jake. <laughs> no, uh, I, the, the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I definitely agree with Jake. Like the, that pedal, like the, doom, 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 doom. like I, that made the riff for me. Like that made me fall in love with it, which it was the beginning. Like it made me fall in love with it immediately. Um, I think that sounded so great. I think that there's so much that it can be built into. Not that it's not enough on its own, but like when you get, you know, a full band kind of building each instrument around that track, I think that it's something we could really turn into a, like a full song that we'd be proud of. I uh, also tried. So part of my research for the week, I, I watched, uh, Dinosaur Jr.'s NPR Tiny Desk Concert featuring <laughs> NPR's All Songs Considered Coffee. Join our coffee club now. <laughs> He's already hawking it. <laughs> for, for another company. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so their bassist, Lou Barlow, who left the band in the like 90s and then rejoined it. And like the non-Lou Barlow albums are like okay like i mean mm-hmm. it's just it's like you're like it's missing that thing that was there and like now it's gone and like he's back and it's like it's there again and he had a you know amazing career himself in sebado uh like he really is his own like cohesive creative force and i feel like you can just tell when that's missing but anyway he, the way he plays bass he like essentially like strums it like a guitar. Like he doesn't pick a single string. He just plays all of them and he'll either mute everything except the string he's playing or like play chords. And so I tried doing that. <laughs> I tried stealing oh, his bass, uh, bass technique a little bit. And uh, that is hard to mix because it gets wild. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens when you start playing a bass like that into a DI. Uh, but honestly though, that makes sense with how your riff ended up. Cause like the low end of it was so solid and I didn't even notice that it was bass chords. It was just like, it was just sturdy, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's like, yeah. I mean, there's like one part where like it goes up and it just like, it kind of makes it. And I'm like, wow. Like I didn't even really expect that when I was playing it, but, um, so, uh, for any of our potential future bass players who may be listening, <laughs> if you're not listening, you're fired. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, I, I had a lot of fun with that. Like I've been just, I don't know this last couple of weeks I've been on like an inspiration flame and like, I've Let's enjoyed go. playing that so much and listening to it over and over again that like. I kind of burned it out on my own and I almost like didn't play it this week. I was like, cause I actually, I, I already recorded my next one and I was like, maybe the next one's just Ooh. better. I should just throw this one away. But glad I didn't. I'm glad it, it still sounds good to you guys. Guitar was a little out of tune. I'll just, you know, I'll just hey. make concessions for that now. I was in the zone. I was I, just jamming. To be continued. 
I know I can't blame you for having an out-of-tune guitar because I'm pretty sure my guitar has never been in tune in its life. <laughs> right? Man, like, watching, like, Get Back and the Beatles are literally tuning their guitars to, by ear to, like, a Wurlitzer. Like, give me an E. <laughs> Um, I mean that's amazing, right? Like it's like crazy yeah, that man. it sounded good at all. <laughs> all right. Another week, another riff. Man. We've we've done it again. Yes, the first another two riffs that we have to choose between for this month. I, I so I said this last month also, but like I also have ideas for the riffs we picked. <laughs> at the end of last month oh like to, great to build out it's it's also you know it's like balancing new ideas with old ideas um still think it would be cool to like see we build those guys out you know like see what what comes of them. yeah man i i really want to like sit down and spend a little more time with some of those older songs yeah i mean it's crazy because like the one we picked for the first month was literally the first thing I did for this podcast and that was so long ago. I was in such a different headspace. It's weird. Cause it's, I mean, there's also just literally like, do I remember how to play that? <laughs> uh, I, I'll say I've had some issues on maybe one of my earlier ones. <laughs> Paul McCartney, he, the, his like Hulu thing with Rick Rubin where you're like, I forget what it's called. Uh, but he essentially like, they do like, track by track breakdowns of like different songs and like they just talk about them and but Paul McCartney says something of like uh you know that they had to when they were writing they had to like the things that they picked to like bring to the band were memorable because they had to be memorable they're like we didn't have iPhones we didn't have voice memo to like <laughs> oh I'm gonna jot this down real quick they had to be like Oh, this sounds good. I need to memorize this, otherwise it will be lost forever. <laughs> like <laughs> So earworms only. Especially with all the drugs they're doing, it was like this needs to be really persistent. <laughs> <laughs> so, so only the greatest melodies survived. Yeah. I mean, so I can kind of get that. Like No, that's something that I was just thinking about the call. That's something I didn't even think of. It just forced them to be more melodic and more memorable like or not memorable but make more memorable melodies because like you just said they had to remember them and that is what's catchy and makes hits we gotta wrap this up um all right boys it's been fun uh really excited i feel like we've we've made a lot of progress since our first episode uh i think our riffs are getting better i think our uh jokes are getting better uh i don't <laughs> know about you jared yeah i think that's debatable but i think practice makes perfect we're like mrs mazel in season one in- uh, insert we- jaredism supercut here mrs mazel right, season gotta- one was incredible it's a good season uh but anyways we are bad wallpaper the podcast is bad riffs thank you so much for listening subscribe review uh we gotta we gotta get some people listening to this thing so uh subscribe review uh Tell your friends, tell your loved ones. Share our Instagram post. Share our tweets. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're gonna have some reels this week. I have a reel from like recording. Uh so I 
Oh, boy. I think we got some fun stuff coming. Follow us on Instagram at bad.wallpaper.band. On Twitter, we're bad underscore wallpaper. Uh, I'll try and tweet more. I, I, I need to just say insane things on Twitter and see if it gets <laughs> people to watch. Uh, but regardless, uh, yeah, check us out. Uh, we really appreciate everyone who's listening, and uh, we're just over here having a blast. Thank you.